It is Thursday, August 24th, 2023, and this is Ozarks at Large. I'm Timothy Dennis. I'm Kyle Kellams. Today, a new scholarship at Little Rock Central High School to honor top students in the AP African American Studies course. Central High, of course, is included in the course material because if you're going to study African American Studies in the United States, uh, there's a, a mark in that that can't be taken away that happened at Central High. Plus, the building in Bentonville continues. We've seen for many years just high demand for multifamily real estate, but not just for us, it's not just any multifamily, it's uh, multifamily with proximity to trails. And music inspired by water. First, the news from NPR. KUAF is supported by Sunrise Guitars. Sunrise Guitars is liquidating inventory, including guitars, amps, and other items store-wide. Sunrise Guitars is located at 2781 North College Avenue in Fayetteville or at sunriseguitars.com. KUAF is supported by Format Festival, merging music, art, and technology September 22nd through the 24th in Bentonville. This three-day festival features live performances from Diggable Planets, Alanis Morissette, Leon Bridges, and more, plus art experiences and installations. For tickets and information, format-festival.com. This is Ozarks at Large for Thursday, August 24th, 2023. I'm Kyle Callums. And I'm Timothy Dennis. Later this hour, the Nick Mancini Collective will close out the 25th KUAF Summer Jazz Series this weekend. We'll find out how he went from a rock and roll drummer to a jazz vibraphonist. That's coming up in our second half hour. Earlier this month, the Arkansas Department of Education decided it would be removing the advanced placement course African and African American Studies from schools, this over fears of indoctrination. The state says it will not cover the cost of the AP exam, despite doing so for all other AP courses. All six schools who were planning on teaching the course have said they will continue to do so this year, even if the state will not pay for the exams. State Senator Clark Tucker has been spearheading a new scholarship for students at Little Rock Central High School, one of the six teaching the course. And he spoke with Ozarks at Large's Matthew Moore earlier this week. The scholarship is called the Ruthie Walls Scholarship, named after the educator teaching the AP African American Studies course at Little Rock Central. State Senator Tucker says Ms. Walls has been a pioneer in this area of study. She's an outstanding teacher. She's a regional leader for this curriculum, and she's very deserving to have a scholarship named for her. There are a number of awards that are given at the end of every school year at Little Rock Central High. Uh, This is one of them. I think there typically already is an award for the student who most excels in a particular AP course. That will continue to be the case. It just so happens that our goal is to raise enough money to have an endowed scholarship so the recipient of that award gets some scholarship money for school after high school as well. This curriculum, she has uh, helped develop the curriculum and and really more to the point, she's helped train teachers uh, in Arkansas and in the region on on the curriculum and uh, in spreading the possibility for its study in schools across the region. When did you first hear about the action being taken by the Department of Education around this AP African American Studies course? I first heard about it when the course code was changed on Friday afternoon, the Friday before school started on August 14th. So that would have been Friday, August 11th. Of course, Little Rock Central is one of six schools in the, in the state that's offering, as well as East M. 
Uh, I have constituents who go to both schools, and when uh, the the students started hearing that the course may not happen the Friday before school starts, so that they may not get credit for it, they were obviously very concerned, and I started getting messages and, and phone calls from constituents that day. Were there concerns that it was just kind of unclear what was going to be happening? Kind of, you know, they had planned, you know, this is a this is a, a year-long course that students take. Um, you know, what were the main concerns you were hearing from constituents? I think the biggest frustration for a lot of people was just lack of clarity as to what was happening. A lot of people interpreted what happened as to mean they could not take the course this year. Um, or if they did, then it wouldn't be an AP course, or they wouldn't get a boosted GPA credit for taking an AP course, or they might not be able to graduate, or they might be disciplined if the course violates state law. So there were a lot of questions that people had. And I think we've been able to get a, a number of those answered, but, but there are still some unanswered questions in, in my mind, at least, which continues to be a point of frustration. Yeah. Uh, the Department of Education, when talking about this course, has stated, quote, the department encourages the teaching of all American history and supports rigorous courses not based on opinions or indoctrination. What is your response when you hear a statement like that? Well, I actually just came from a meeting um, with the governor and um, the education commissioner. And I, I think there has been, you know, some communications difficulties, which, and that was a, a point acknowledged in the meeting. They assured us, and we asked them to get this message out to the public. They assured us that the course would be taught this year and that, that the course is not going to be removed from the schools that have elected to proceed with the course. And I think that's a very important point for the public to understand. Uh, and the, we, the point that you just raised in that question was a, a point of vigorous discussion in, in, in that meeting. And, you know, I, there's just there's different perspectives. And I, I think uh, from their perspective, I, I understand what they're saying when they say we want we want free thinkers. We want students to learn the material and be able to, to think for themselves. And I wholeheartedly, of course, agree with that. I think the issue is that the way it's coming across to the members of the public and certainly my constituents who have communicated with me and I've, I've heard from about this is that there are only certain uh, topics in education that we were scrutinizing for indoctrination. And it's specifically this AP African-American studies program. The administration is insisting that uh, they have this scrutiny for all courses, but that's just not the way it's being perceived in the public right now. And I, and I think the administration needs uh, to do a better job of making sure the public understands their intent is to apply it across the board. Yeah. Are there other examples of courses that, you know, that they've raised maybe in that conversation or that you're aware of outside of the African-American studies program that they're, you know, taking considerations to make sure that they're not based in opinions or that they aren't indoctrination? There's no examples that I'm aware of. You know, their, their explanation is that this course is a pilot course and it's subject to change and other courses are not subject to change because the curriculum is set. And my question is about that is, why is this pilot course being treated differently than other pilot AP pilot courses that have come in Arkansas before? And also, why is it being, tre being treated differently than this particular AP course that's being offered in 40 other states in the, in the District of Columbia this school year? None of those other 40 states or the District of Columbia, to my knowledge, are disallowing credit toward graduation 
or you know taking a different stance for the payment of the AP exam fees like Arkansas is. So, you know, those are some of the remaining questions that I have. Uh, you've made the point when talking about this scholarship, uh, you've made the point to say we're we're still not raising funds for the AP exam fees as we're still working for the state to pay for them. They, The, the state of Arkansas pays for AP exams uh, for every other AP course. At this current point in time, we're talking on Tuesday, August 22nd, they haven't stated publicly whether or not they will pay for the African-American Studies class uh, AP test. Have you had conversations to lead you to believe that the state may go back to paying for the AP test for this course? No, I don't believe the state is going to pay the fee um, for the AP exam for this course, which, again, is is um, a point of significant frustration. For all of the other courses, they're willing to pay for that, but not for this one. That's right. What would you say to the students who are enrolled in this class, whether they're, you know, people who are in your district who, you know, some of these students may be able to vote (laughs) this next election cycle, right? What would you say to the students who are enrolled in this class, a class that they chose to take? I would say that I applaud their intellectual curiosity for understanding important parts of American history and culture. There's a significant part of the class is African-American history, but it goes beyond that. The name of the course is actually African-American studies. And, you know, I applaud African-American students for learning about African-American history and and other students who are going to learn about history and studies other than about themselves. I think, you know, that's all wonderful. uh, And and their critical thinking also would tell them that I'm jealous because I wish that this course had been offered at Central when I was a student there because I absolutely would have taken it. And I've been excited to, to learn everything that's offered in this course. It feels like the fact that this is happening at Little Rock Central holds a, a special poignancy to it, doesn't it? It absolutely is important that this is happening at Central. Central High, of course, is included in the course material, because if you're going to study African-American studies in the United States, uh, there's a a mark in that that can't be taken away that happened at Central High. So, yeah, you know, the battles from 1957, you know, we won that battle, but there are still battles being fought today at, at Central, including at Central High. What word of encouragement would you have to Miss Walls, who I'm sure has been inundated with invitations to talk to the press, invitations to hear from other people? What word of encouragement do you have to her? The first word I, I always have for our teachers is thank you for your selfless service because teachers give so much of themselves and they do it for our kids and our future. But a special applause for Ms. Walls for her leadership and making sure that this material is offered to, to students at Central and not only at Central, but in other high schools in Arkansas and other high schools in our region. I know that teachers are worked so hard and to take this extra uh, burden on to share this material with kids all over the state and region is really, it's so meaningful. Senator Clark Tucker, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Senator Clark Tucker represents District 14, which covers portions of Little Rock. Senator Tucker mentioned being in a meeting with the governor Tuesday morning. We reached out to the governor's spokesperson for comment on that meeting, and she said, quote, Governor Sanders was happy to meet with Democratic representatives and members of the Black Caucus to discuss the importance of education in Arkansas and the process by which AP courses meet the standards in the state. She looks forward to continuing to work with them and all teachers in schools to ensure Arkansas law is being followed, end quote. I don't want to think too much.
The Lunch Hour Summer Concert Series, sponsored by McDonald's, continues Friday, September 1st with Daz and Brie. This Emmy-nominated rock and soul, woman-fronted duo from Little Rock combines acid rock instrumentation with operatic and theatrical elements. The Lunch Hour Summer Concert Series leads up to an all-day celebration of KUAF's 50 years on the air to wrap up the series. For more, KUAF.com forward slash summer concerts. Time now for today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal report. I'm Paul Gatling. A few days ago, we reported details of three new multifamily projects in the pipeline in Bentonville, totaling 500 units and representing approximately $100 million in investment. Newell Development is leading that work, and we will speak with founder and CEO Jake Newell on today's show. That conversation and more are ahead after the break on today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Support for the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report is provided by the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce and Associated Industries of Arkansas. The Chamber's mission is to promote a pro-business, free enterprise agenda and prevent legislation, regulation, and rules that hinder business. ArkansasStateChamber.com Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield For more than 70 years, Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield has used its knowledge and compassion to create healthcare solutions for individuals and businesses. More information at ArkansasBlueCross.com First Security is proud to be only in Arkansas. They offer smart solutions for personal and business banking, plus convenient services and community investment. First Security, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Newell Development broke ground a few weeks ago on a 60-unit walk-up apartment complex in Bentonville, at the corner of Walton Boulevard and 3rd Street. The company will break ground later this year on two more projects, north of Arkansas Highway 102 along Southwest A Street and along Southeast 28th Street near Northwest Medical Center in Bentonville. Combined, those projects represent 500 units and $100 million in investment. I spoke with Newell Development founder and CEO Jake Newell about those plans and why now is the time to invest in the Bentonville market. We've seen for many years just high demand for multifamily real estate, but not just for us. It's not just any multifamily. It's uh, multifamily with proximity to trails um, and proximity to downtown and just quality of life. And so um, everything we are focusing on at the moment, you know, has proximity to great places to eat, um, great entertainment, and um, great bikeability and walkability. Yeah, and you said that that walkability, that active lifestyle, you said for residents that that inspires you, inspires your company. Why is that? Why why is that important to you? I think we all at our company, like we all like to ride bikes. We all love a bunch of us love the mountain bike. Um, I mean, I love this whole idea of active transportation, um, um, you know, transportation other than the car. And so, like, today I rode my one wheel to the office, you know. So, um, 
what, you know, whether we're, you know, just love giving people a building in a place where people have the option, you know, it's not for everybody. And some people want to drive their car, but we're building, there really is a, a strong um, core of people that are living in, um, in and around our downtowns of Northwest Arkansas and are living life, not out of the car. And it's really fun to watch. Yeah, and you've got a lot of projects that you've completed over the past 10, 15 years um, in a lot of places, mostly in Bentonville. Do you do you have any sort of data to kind of illustrate that lifestyle that you're talking about as being um, prominent in your developments yeah. around downtown Bentonville? Yeah. Our de- in our developments around downtown Bentonville, we've seen over the last couple of years, and especially the current ones we still have under management, um, we see 20 to 30% of our residents don't own a car. And so, and, and we tracked it. I mean, we, we've in working with the city to try to push for less parking and, um, you know, build less around on the car, more around, you know, lifestyle. Um, we've, we've interviewed tenants, we've talked to tenants, but it seems like that there's a swing there around 20 to 30% of the people. And what's fascinating is as you, as you look at who they are is you start to, I mean, it, it comes pretty clear quick when you see, I mean, there are people moving here, no car. You also have just a whole demographic of people. I think that grew up in big cities um, that now just never learned to drive. It's really mm-hmm. interesting. And they're moving here now for corporate jobs out of college. And then we found with uh, Walmart's influence and the other big companies, you have quite a few international people moving here with no intention of having a car. Um, and I think, you know, with, with the Razorback Greenway, um, it's connectivity to the whole, you know, north south um there's just there really are quite a few nodes of places you can live in northwest arkansas and i mean um you know there might be some rainy days and cold days that are interesting yeah but for the yeah. most part um you, you you know you can you can live off the bike or sure. or or walk into work in your so in your business plan you know and this is the question that most people want to know and without going too far deep in the weeds of the math, you know, have you, what does your price point look like for what you've built in that these units will lease for maybe per square foot or just, or how, how are you determining that? You know, I mean, some of that's just market conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously we're, 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 you know, you're playing your projects off market rents today and obviously rents are increasing in Northwest Arkansas. Um, but I would say a good range without, um, without, you know, good range is probably 1200 to 2500 on these developments. Um, we've got, and, and even some units will probably be some furnished units that are priced higher. Um, but we're going to have everything from a studio to a three bedroom in these projects. So really meeting the needs of lots of people. I think the, in Northwest Arkansas right now, the, you know, you, it's really just a housing crisis in general. And it's not at not just the affordable level. I mean, there's literally a housing crisis, I think, across all. Um, when you really look at the demand for housing and what's available, I mean, every sector in the markets, um, what we see is, you know, people that can afford a house at X price can't find it. And so, you know, there there's so many people in our apartment buildings that want to own a house. They just can't own a house, haven't been able to find a house that meets their needs. And so, I think there's just, you know, it's, it's broad spectrum. It's across all markets. And, um, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good problem to have and a bad problem to have, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's good for the real estate business, but in, in, in terms of the whole community and the whole market, um, you know, I think, um, 
we just got to get more developers here, more contractors building more product. And, um, you know, we're all about coopetition. I don't think it's, uh, um, you know, we're not, you know, there's, there's several really good developers and builders in the market, but I think we all agree it's good for the market. We need more people. Um, you know, the more people that are here and the more people, um, that we can get here. And then also just like, you know, I, I don't, you know, you just, you don't want this thing to hit a wall where we just don't have the housing, you know? And so yeah. hopefully my hope is we can re- recruit more really good real estate developers and to this market and, uh, and stay ahead of the, the growth. That is Jake Newell, the founder and CEO of Bentonville firm Newell Development. You can learn more at newelldevelopment.com. And for more details about the company's latest projects working through the development pipeline, you can read our story online at nwabusinessjournal.com. In other news we reported this week, developers are moving dirt for the region's first luxury automotive-focused condominium development. Businessman and entrepreneur Nick Dozier of Rogers is developing the approximately $35 million project called Mark Collection Suites. It's just off Bellevue Road, east of Pinnacle Hills Promenade. Now, these are more than just garages. Think of the concept as condo-esque, tricked-out vehicular storage for anything with a motor, a Bentley, a Porsche, an RV, motorcycles, or boats. The project has 52 units ranging from 1,250 to 3,750 square feet. Now, Dozier said about half those units are already pre-sold at a list price starting at $325,000. Construction has started on a unique semiconductor facility at the University of Arkansas's Research and Technology Park in Fayetteville. The $36 million chip prototype fabrication facility covers developmental research, prototyping, testing, and fabrication of chips. Construction should be completed by early 2025. And Rogers-based Generations Bank has hired Josh Vasquez as the company's market president in Rogers. He replaces Max Harrell, who was elevated recently to chief growth officer. For all of those stories and more, visit us online at nwabusinessjournal.com, where you can follow our reporting each and every day. I'm Paul Gatling, and that's the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Until next time, thanks for listening. This is Ozarks at Large. Timothy Dennis, let's talk some live music. Let's do it. Let's start with tomorrow night. Kingfish and Fayetteville is going to have a rock and roll show with the local bands Townhouse Fire and Proto Hive. Being a Kingfish, it is free. It starts at 9 o'clock tomorrow night. Again, that's at Kingfish in downtown Fayetteville. Bike Rack Brewing Company in Bentonville is having their own rock and roll show with the local band Fight Dream in the house. That show starts at 7 o'clock. Again, that's tomorrow night at Bike Rack Brewing Company in Bentonville. Butterfield Stage over in Rogers tomorrow night is going to have a bluegrass night featuring the bands Spillwater Drive and Opalagafia. Oh, wow! Yeah. 
That show gets underway at 6.45 tomorrow night. Again, that's at the Butterfield Stage in downtown Rogers. And that too free, though you can splurge on have tables a table. Yeah. Also in downtown Rogers tomorrow night, the Music Depot is going to have All Night Trio on stage. All Night Trio. They are a Kansas City-based jazz and hip-hop group. All right. Tickets are $20. That starts at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Again, that's at the Music Depot in Rogers. Moving over to Eureka Springs, Chelsea's tomorrow night is going to have the second night in a two-night run by one-man band Brody Buster. Mm-hmm. I know you have a love of one-man I bands. I do. I do. Cover for that show is $5. That starts at 9 o'clock tomorrow night. Again, that's at Chelsea's in Eureka Springs. Also in Eureka Springs tomorrow night, the Gravel Bar is going to have artist Justin Larkin on stage. The show gets underway at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Again, that's at the Gravel Bar in Eureka Springs. Okay, jumping ahead to Saturday night, George's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville is going to have the local band Ozark Riviera on stage. Ozark Riviera? Yeah, they're kind of folk rock-ish. Cover is $10 in advance, goes up to $12 at the door. That starts at 8.30 Saturday night. Again, that's at George's in Fayetteville. Kingfish in Fayetteville Saturday night is going to have the band Three Pines on stage. This is actually going to be an EP release show for Three Pines, their first EP. A vinyl EP? That I don't know. I always ask you that. I'm, I know, I'm sorry. I know. I, yeah. The thing, here's my frustration. Whether or not there's, you know, a vinyl version or not, you know, that's beside the point. But it is slightly frustrating when bands say they have a new LP out and it's digital only. I mean, it's 2023. I get it. I do, too. Yeah, I just like the idea of getting a physical. Oh, I do, too. But I understand. I do, too. It's not cheap to do that. Nor is it quick to do that, especially smaller runs. Right. Anyway, that show with Three Pines at Kingfish starts at 9 o'clock Saturday night. Would you feel better if we started calling them new music releases? Yeah. Okay. I mean, in albums, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. It's all semantics anyway. Moving on. 612 Coffee House in Fayetteville Saturday night is going to have the jazz fusion band Circle of Thirds back in the house. The show gets underway at 8 o'clock Saturday night. Again, that's at 612 Coffee House in Fayetteville. Back up in Rogers Saturday night, the Music Depot is going to have the Sarah Nicole Band on stage. They're an Oklahoma soul and R&B group.
cover for that is $15. Starts at 7 o'clock Saturday night. Again, that's at the Music Depot in Rogers. Over in Siloam Springs Saturday night, the Parkhouse Kitchen is going to have Russell Apperson Key, which is a super group of sorts featuring Derek Russell from the band Magnolia Brown, mm-hmm. Pat Ryan Key, and Sam Apperson. Okay. That show gets underway at 7 o'clock Saturday evening again. That's at the Parkhouse Kitchen in Siloam Springs. Over in Eureka Springs Saturday night, God Hold Brewing is going to have the band State House Electric on stage. That show gets underway at 6 o'clock Saturday. Again, that's at God Hold Brewing in Eureka Springs. Then down in Winslow Saturday evening... Ozark Folkways is going to have the Brickfields duo on stage. Tickets are $10. That starts at 6 o'clock Saturday evening. Again, that's at Ozark Folkways in Winslow. Okay, Sunday night. Smoke and Barrel Tavern in Fayetteville is going to have a show of folk singer-songwriters featuring Jude Brothers, McCain Lakey, and Creek Bank Carter. Yeah, loving ain't for me, my darling, loving ain't for me. Loving ain't for me, my darling, loving ain't for me. Cause you're a new bootin' boots, cootin' son of the gun, and I'm letting you fool me and everyone. Cover for that is $10. That starts at 7 o'clock. Sunday evening, again at Smoke and Barrel in Fayetteville. Also Sunday afternoon, really, over in Eureka Springs, the New Delhi Cafe is going to have Modern August in the house. I still get a fever every time you come around, feel it too. Cause your body starts moving and you look like a sin. You got hair and nose, I say and come over. Modern August is hot. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. But also, yeah, yeah. I think that's more the now August. There you go, there you go, yeah. That show gets underway at 12 o'clock, 12 noon, Sunday at New Delhi Cafe in Eureka Springs. I can get behind a noon start on Sunday. Oh, I can too. Yeah. Also Sunday evening, Ozark Folkways in Winslow is going to have their monthly squirrel jam. Mm-hmm. If you're unfamiliar, they you know welcome anyone with an instrument or a singing voice or just audience members. And they just, they're great people. Yeah. That gets underway at 5 o'clock Sunday evening. Again, that's at Ozark Folkways in Winslow. And then jumping ahead all the way to next Thursday, Georgia's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville is going to have Jordy Searcy on stage. He's a singer-songwriter who spent time in Nashville pre-pandemic. Now he lives the van life, touring around the country, surfing, writing songs. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Well, I don't want it. Cover is $15. That starts at 7 o'clock next Thursday at George's in Fayetteville. And then also next Thursday evening, it's time again for the monthly Live at Turnbow concert in Springdale. This month, they are going to feature the Fayetteville Jazz Collective. Oh. Yeah, that, you know, if it's not too hot, that should be still a really good show. Right. Downtown Springdale next Thursday is going to be live with music. I will say that. That show gets underway at 6.30 next Thursday. Again, that's at Turnbow Park in downtown Springdale. How much will that set me back? It's live at Turnbow. It's free. 
There you go. All right. Thank you, Timothy. Thank you. Fayetteville Public Television offers classes in video production plus accessibility to equipment and broadcast channels to share your videos with a viewing audience. Serving all residents of Washington and Benton County, Fayetteville Public Television can help people turn video ideas into reality. FAYpublic.tv for more information. This is Ozarks at Large. The 25th Annual KUAF and Northwest Arkansas Jazz Society Summer Jazz Concert Series closes this weekend with the Nick Mancini Collective Saturday night at Walden Arts Center. Mancini brings with him one heck of a band. Grammy winner John Diversa on trumpet, Ryan McGillicuddy on bass, Peter Schlam at the piano, and Steve Prude drums. Mancini plays the vibraphone and marimba and is a composer as well. Robert Ginsburg, the host of KUAF's Shades of Jazz, talked with Nick Mancini and asked him about his move from L.A. to Tulsa. You've uh, relocated uh, a few years back, like right at the beginning of COVID, really, didn't you, to Tulsa, Oklahoma? Yeah, in June of 2020, we, we uh, packed everything up in Los Angeles and headed out here. And um, my wife is from Tulsa originally. So, yeah, I'm teaching over at um, University of Tulsa, TU. Just in the way of background, I surmise that you were brought up in upstate New York. Is that right? Yeah, upstate New York. Yeah, yeah, Amsterdam, New York. And you began drumming. You were a, a drummer back in those days and uh, actually started drumming professionally at a pretty young age. Yeah, well, I, I, couldn't, really, um, I couldn't really get anything going with anybody my own age. And, uh, and I was just desperate to play. And so there was this music store... Um, uh, called Hilton Music um, that was run by a, a dude named Pat Andrievsky and he was a bass player and I used to go and with my friend Mark and we would just go and bat, beat the daylights out of all their drums and he could see that I could play and you know and I would go in there like every single day and, and play on his drums and uh, and then there was a band that he was in called Old 55 and they were looking for a replacement drummer for a couple of gigs and I, he had had me come in. I mean, I couldn't even. I, the caveat, if I were to play any of these gigs, was that I wasn't allowed to leave the stage because <laughs> I was seventeen. And so, yeah, I'd be in these like these backwoods, like blues bars and whatnot in upstate New York, and it was all biker dudes, and 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 uh, and I would have to stay on stage because I was only seventeen. Drinking age was twenty one, of course. But it, you know, got me an, an opportunity to play with like real players. This guy Pat used to be able to he would fret the bass lines and he would play chords on a keyboard and he would sing background <laughs> all at the same guys. time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Your tastes started moving towards jazz at some point. And uh, I understand you moved to New York city. You went to the Manhattan school of music where you ultimately got your master's degree in jazz performance. Mm-hmm. Yep. On the vibraphone. What turned your ear or was it, were you always listening to jazz? No, I wasn't actually. I mean, I had never really listened to any, you know, like proper <laughs> jazz. I'd never listened to any Miles Davis or Coltrane or anything like that. I was just like playing a lot of progressive rock and blues and stuff. And so, um, but when I started college, uh, I had to learn all the orchestral percussion instruments and the vibraphone was one of them. So I started playing the vibes. And uh, my teacher at the time used to write these really cool four mallet um, jazz pieces you know and so uh my friend lou heard me practicing one of them and he thought that i was <laughs> improvising this stuff and so he came in and he was like hey man we're gonna get together and play after school 
do you want to come play? And I didn't really know anything, you know, but then they threw a book in front of me, the real book in front of me. And we played through all of me and I kind of knew my theory and I was able to sort of bang something out. And then next thing I knew I was being inducted into this whole little jazz scene in the college. And, um, and then uh, uh, my friend Keith gave me the bags and train. Milt Jackson and John Coltrane's out. And John Coltrane. Yeah. And then I think it was, I was just like, wow, the vibraphone can sound like that, <laughs> you know? And so I was immediately hooked. And then uh, and then my teacher said, well, if you like that, you should check out some Gary Bird. And then I heard Gary and I was like, oh, God, there's this, there's this whole world. And I immediately, I was just bitten by the bug and I was a jazz head from that moment on, you know? And I was also writing music like almost immediately upon getting to school. Yeah. I just took whatever I had and just started composing. So that's been kind of like, the other skill set that I've been fostering ever since. story is not unfamiliar but that phenomena of a aspiring musician hearing something in the world of jazz and suddenly their whole world changes yeah your career has really been pretty extraordinary in many ways in terms of the people that you've been able to perform with from arturo sandoval and peter erskine pancho sanchez kenny werner this list goes on and on and on and it's reflected in in many ways by the band that you're, that's coming with you to perform. Your special guest is a multi-Grammy winner, John DeVersa, but you're also pulling from the pool of talent that's right here in our neighborhood with some people from Kansas City, some other people from right. Oklahoma City. So why don't you talk a little bit about the formation of this band and the the music? Sure, well, there's, there's a point of connection at least one point of connection between everybody that um, that's going to be on stage. And that is me, basically <laughs> I'm sort of in the middle of the whole thing. Um, I know John from, uh, from Los Angeles and uh, we, we used to play together a bunch out in LA. We were both on the faculty at um, Cal state Northridge, uh, which has a great jazz program. For people who, <laughs> who aren't um, hip to John Diversa, I'll just throw out a few uh, of his accolades. He's a consummate musician, obviously. And, uh, you know, beginning even when he was very young as a member of the Monterey All-Star High School Band, he toured Japan and performed with people like Dizzy Gillespie and J.J. Johnson. Holy cow, talk about kicks yeah. in your career. But he's gone on to have a really, no pun intended, diverse career uh, <laughs> in terms of performing on television. He's... Uh, been on Oprah's show, David Letterman, but um, he's also, you know, worked with uh, all of the Los Angeles cats, as you mentioned, and even people like Fiona Apple and um, Herbie Hancock, Bob Mincer, a remarkable musician, band leader in his own right. So what a coup for you to have him in your band now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the way that he and I play is just like breathing. I don't know. There's just something about the, the way that we both interpret music 
his skill set is so finely tuned that it's just immediately artistic. Like the first note that he plays, just the way that he'll play a melody, it'll, he'll and he'll play a melody that you write verbatim, and there's just something he'll put something in it that's I don't know, it's a, it's the gestalt, I suppose that he just taps into what's needed right at that moment, and how do I phrase things, and how loud do I play, and what kind of tone do I use. Your piano player is also a, a musician who has had several sojourns down to Northwest Arkansas. And I'm referring to Peter Schlam. He's based out of Kansas City, a great piano player and also a vibraphonist. But Peter, he's devilishly good on the vibraphone. Yeah. And he's solid piano player, too. So you've got him on keys with you. This kind of synergy that you're talking about and um, empathy between the band members, I think, is what makes for great jazz. When when there's that telepathic component of what's happening, it's like when you were referring to John Diverse's playing as anticipating before you even knew what you were going to do, he did sort of thing. Yeah, having musicians uh, who are who are so solid in their skill set that the moment that they start playing, it's a conversation. You know, there's there's like there's communication happening there, and it's and it's we're not playing the song. It's more like a five way conversation about the song. And that's what I'm really looking forward to is that everybody is consummate and everybody's so um, experienced that all of that stuff is out of the way, you know, and it's just going to be just like getting right down to brass tacks. Tell me a little bit about the repertoire you've chosen for this tour. Most of this material that we'll be playing is stuff that's been written in the past year. There will be some pieces of music on there that will sound like something you've never heard before. There are pieces of music in there that you'll, you're sure were written by Cole Porter or Gershwin and some stuff that's kind of reminiscent of some of my favorite composers. And I pulled a few things from way back in the day, a song that I wrote for the first record that I recorded in L.A. back in 2008 called Smack Dab. And that's a, that's a, a fun sort of like a Latin-inspired kind of Brecker Brothers sort of thing. And Great title. <laughs> Smack dab, yeah. The Nick Mancini Collective will perform Saturday night at 7.30 at the Walton Arts Center. It's the conclusion to the 25th Annual Northwest Arkansas Jazz Society and KUAF Summer Jazz Concert Series. Information and tickets at digjazz.com. And you can hear Robert Ginsburg's Shades of Jazz tomorrow night at 10 o'clock on KUAF 91.3 FM or Saturday morning at 11 o'clock on KUAF 3.
Julia Uribe, Professor of Music and Associate Dean at the University of Arkansas, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. We open Sound Perimeter today with River Mellows, River Melody, a piece by award-winning composer from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Andrea Clearfield. River Mellows was originally commissioned by and dedicated to Denise Tyrone, fourth horn in the Philadelphia Orchestra. Clearfield also arranged the work for trombone and piano for Ava Ortman, the version we're listening to today. River Mellows is inspired by the Roaring Fork River in Aspen, Colorado, where Andrea Clearfield spent many summers as a music festival student. As described by the composer, Quote, the river changes size and energy from powerful white waters into peaceful streams and deep pools through canyons and into lakes. In River Mellows, a melody winds through the smooth and rocky places like the river, like the journey of our lives, eventually finding a spacious resting place. End quote. I invite you to close your eyes and imagine yourself sitting by the banks of a river, the sun casting a warm golden glow over the water, sometimes tranquil, other times convoluted. As you listen to the sounds of the music, let your mind wander and become one with the scene. Thank <laughs> you. 
That was an excerpt from River Melos by composer from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Andrew Clearfield. Originally a piece for horn, this version arranged by the composer for trombone and piano was performed by Eva Ortman and Derek Kelly Polishuk. Wasser Clavier, Water Piano, is a composition by Italian composer Luciano Berio. Berio is known for his experimental, enthusiastic, creative, and versatile music, which was also influential in the genesis of many new 20th century ideas and techniques. Luciano Berio was constantly engaged with tradition, and in this piece, he references music from the past, namely Brahms and Schubert. Water piano is quiet, reminiscent of dripping water, calm and tender. was Luciano Berrio's water piano in the hands of pianist Helene Grimaud from her 2016 Deutsche Grammophon album, Water. Today in Sound Perimeter, we listen to the sounds of rivers and water, an invitation to tranquility and a reminder of nature's force and rhythm. These sounds weave a narrative of life continuity, a constant flow that mirrors the passage of time and the enduring vitality of the natural world find more about our composers and performers in the show notes. This is Leah Uribe, professor of music and associate dean at the University of Arkansas Fulbright College of Arts and Sciences, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. Sound Perimeter is a show written and hosted by me and produced by Timothy Dennis, KUAF 91.3 in Fayetteville, Arkansas. This segment is dedicated to diverse voices in and around music. I hope it will expand your knowledge and connection to inclusive sounds and let music infiltrate your lives and transform your realities. I'll see you soon.
This is 91.3 FM, KUAF Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Bentonville, and Danville. Contributors today included Matthew Moore, Paul Gatling, Leah Uribe, and Robert Ginsburg. Timothy produced today's show and today's Sound Perimeter inside the Herald and Blanchcock News Studio. I'm Kyle Kellams. I'm Timothy Dennis. So Tuesday, I'm going to Cane Hill, nice. Story Cane Hill, to talk to them about all sorts of things, including how sorghum is made. Oh, okay. They, they've got the Historic Cane Hill Festival coming yeah. up. Uh, today, it was at Lake Wilson in Fayetteville right. about this, uh, and we'll learn more about this on tomorrow's show, this bike race across 300 miles of gravel roads at the top of Arkansas. You're going, lo- going through a lot of historic places in northwest Arkansas. I am. Well, I'm a, of that age, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, But we will have a show tomorrow. Right. Thank you, Timothy. Thank you, Kyle. Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art invites art enthusiasts to register for portrait photography with Meredith Mashburn, an eight-week workshop designed for those 55-plus who wish to learn photography and hone their skills creating powerful portraits. Classes September 11th through October 30th. Supplies included, no experience required. Tickets at crystalbridges.org. Historic Cane Hill presents the Cane Hill Harvest Festival, Saturday, September 16th, just 20 miles south of Fayetteville. This day of community traditions and family activities kicks off with an Ozark Country breakfast and features live music, crafts, and demonstrations. Guests can also enjoy the Arts and Eats Market, Kids Zone, and more. Full schedule and tickets at historiccanehillar.org.